Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another Lost Ladies of Lit mini episode. I'm Kim Askew here with my co-host, Amy Helms. So fun fact for y'all. The first project Kim and I ever collaborated on was back when we were in our 20s. We had a blog that we wrote called Romancing the Tome, which was all about book to film literary adaptations and costume dramas. Oh my God, we had so much fun working on that together. We actually kept it going for about a decade um, from 2004 to 2013. And it's so fun to go back and look at it. Although honestly, when I do, I actually can't remember writing any of it really. I know. (laughs) You have sent a few things recently. Like, remember this? And I'm like, no, I have no memory of this. Did I write that? What? Um, In fact, I saw that I had written a limerick about Tess of the D'Urbervilles which was brand new to me when I saw it again. I don't remember that at all. There must have been a PBS Tessa the D'Urberville there was. movie out. Yeah. Okay. So I, I wrote for the blog, there was a poor girl named Tess. Her life was a tragic hot mess. Her cuz did assault her. Will Angel now fault her? Stay tuned and bring Kleenex, I guess. I mean, I think that's pretty damn good. It's excellent. I can only pat myself on the back because I don't have any memory of writing. Yeah. It's like some other disembodied me. The the burgeoning of our writing career. We were (laughs) testing out things. I think it's great. But anyway, while recently going back to reread that old blog, we found many forgotten and I'll just say I think hidden treasures. (laughs) Um, You'll have to be the judge of that, but including a post we did that seemed apropos for Thanksgiving, which we're celebrating this week in the States. Yeah. So on the blog, we were kind of talking about literature and, you know, movies and TV shows that would be set in colonial America. And we thought it would be fun to share them again with you in honor of the holiday this week. So maybe you'll want to curl up on the couch after gorging on turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and indulge in some pilgrim adjacent entertainment. It's not really a time period that gets too much attention in Hollywood, is it, Kim? No, and I wonder if it's because the pilgrims had no fashion sense. I think anybody would think that's true. There's, they don't have fashion sense. No. I mean, there's nothing fun or flashy about Puritans. In fact, it's pretty bad. It's hard to imbue glamour into that era. There's not a flattering look for men or women. Yeah. Hollywood's like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the fashion idea, though, reminds me, did you always used to make those paper pilgrim hats in elementary school? Uh-huh. Yeah. The boys would have like the top hat looking thing. And then the girls would make these white bonnet things Mm -hmm. out of tissue paper. I have so many memories of making those. My mom would always put me in like a long 70s dress. And then I'd be wearing my pilgrim paper bonnet. If you can find or your mom can find a picture of you, we'll have to post it with this episode on our Instagram. Yeah, I know we have one. Okay. So anyway, getting back to our list for today, Kim, let's talk about our first suggestion. Okay. So we've got to start with Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter, right? Uh, Of course you've read it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember when. I know it was for a class. So I think probably in high school. Um, The story to jog your memory is set among the Puritans of Massachusetts Bay Colony. It was written in 1850, though. uh, And it's kind of an amazingly feminist tale, even though it doesn't seem that way on the surface. Yeah, that's true. It kind of is shockingly feminist in a way. And I actually, I have read that 
more than once. I really liked it. It might be time to read it again. Have you seen any of the film adaptations? Um, I don't know if I've seen it, but I'm remembering there was one to me more, right? Yeah. And that one's popping into my head. That is the, I think that's the most classic one just because it is so bad that it's the one everyone remembers. And I have the funniest story about that. So in college, my roommate Meg, sometimes you hear me refer to Meg on the podcast. She and I were co-presidents of the English club in I love college. It. And so it was our, we were responsible for like planning events and stuff. It was right when that Demi Moore, um, Gary Oldman was also in the movie. She plays Hester Prynne. Gary Oldman plays Dimsdale. I can picture him in a pilgrim outfit. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> So it was 1995. I don't know what year I was in college, but we as the English club co-presidents were like, let's invite everybody in the club. We'll go to a screening of this, right? So we put out the marketing for it, whatever. Come join us on this afternoon. We're all going to caravan to the movie theater. We'll meet at this park bench on campus first. So Meg and I meet at the park bench. And the only person that turns up is one of our professors who is kind of awkward. He was like the Shakespeare professor. I think he was one of the faculty chairs of the English club. You had to have like a professor that like sponsored it or whatever. No one else showed up. Like literally no one else came to this event. And Meg and I were excited to go, but now it's suddenly me, you, and this guy are weird. And luckily he saw how awkward it probably was. And he's like, you guys just go ahead and go. I think I'll sit this one out. Like, thank God. Probably a good idea. It was like the weird (laughs) sex scene in the barn, but there was a ton of grain. I feel like it's part of the exploitation of Demi Moore that was going on during that time. Yes. Yeah. And it had a really weird, I think they gave it a happy ending. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Weird, how do you do that? Right? No, they I feel like the ending. that would make a really, gr- I feel like it's time for that. I mean, you know, it kind of fits with like Handmaid's Tale almost and stuff like yeah. that. Like I could see it really doing well right now. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, they did do a kind of 90s updated version, Easy A with Emma Stone. Oh, that's right. That's so great. So I have seen in that way, I have seen an adaptation of of it because I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I did love that when it came out. And there was a 1926 silent film version of this book starring Lillian Gish. The only reason I mention it, I highly, highly recommend that you go on YouTube and find a clip from this because there's a scene where Hester Prynne is holding her baby while she's walking to the gallows and she nails the scene. I mean, silent films, they're hard to appreciate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But in this, you see why she's a movie star because she gives Dimsdale the most perfectly cutting dagger eyes. And then on the flip side, the actor playing Dimsdale, he looks like Will Ferrell and his acting (laughs) is as buffoonish as Will Ferrell's. I mean, Will Ferrell would look like a serious contender for this role compared to the guy they actually cast. It's just such a weird mismatch because she's nailing it. It's so intense and it's so poignant. And then you've got this like utter buffoon. But she is a full on badass in the scene. It's like, take three minutes out of your day and go find it. I'm going to watch it. We'll link to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all right, let's move on to our next pilgrim esque book. This one is actually kind of a stretch, but go ahead, Kim. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I can see where this made our list. Uh, The Last of the Mohicans by James Fenimore Cooper. 
who, by the way, is the grand uncle of writer Constance Fenimore Wilson, who was one of our previous Lost Ladies. I don't think we even had time in that episode to mention her connection to James Fenimore Cooper, but they were related. Right. And the film version of that one has Daniel Day-Lewis. And basically what they did to make that hot is I think they took his shirt off a lot. He wore like an open shirt. Yes. You know, like and the, the long hair, like the long romance novel. I picture that more yes. than the book. Like I just picture that movie and him like running in his, you know, romantic shirt. Oh, with yeah. Hair. With like a tomahawk in his <laughs> hand. Tomahawk, yeah. 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 It's like a famous uh, cinematic you know, it just, it comes Poster. to mind so easily. Yeah. yeah. He was a Mohican reared Natty Bumpo. He's Nathaniel Poe in the movie, which yeah. is a nicer, I guess, sounding name. I did see the movie. I don't know if I was in high school. Yeah, maybe. me too. I don't think I've ever read any of those leather stocking tales, except for maybe an excerpt in English class at one point, And it didn't appeal to me at all. Same. But Madeline Stowe is also in that movie. And the reason I say it's a stretch is because this is set about a century after the first Thanksgiving. So in terms of our timeline, Uh getting pretty loosey-goosey here. But it still feels Thanksgiving-ish, right? Oh, totally. I feel, yeah, it's definitely part of the theme for sure. Yeah. And we're not done with Daniel Day-Lewis just yet, because he also starred in our third literary adaptation that we want to mention, The Crucible. Um, This is probably not the right time period either. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of generally. Yes, we're like by give or take 500 years. Early America. Um, So that's the play, of course, by Arthur Miller. The film that I remember uh, was from 1996. It stars Daniel Day-Lewis as John Proctor and then Winona Ryder as Abigail Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Joan Allen's in it too. Did you see that one? Yeah. It's been a long time. I don't remember that as iconically as I remember The Last of Mohicans. And I love Daniel Day-Lewis movies, but yeah, I did. I I think I did see it. I I remember Joan Allen in that movie, which makes me think she must have been really incredible in it. But really what I remember from the play and any version of that is just the hysterical teenage girls. You know, they always like really sell it. I saw Goody Proctor with a devil. How can you not love that? If only the Beatles had come earlier, they could have focused all their hysteria on Somebody else, like, oh my God, somebody should do like a mashup of Beatlemania, tie it all together somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, The play was originally written during the Red Scare and McCarthyism, and it almost feels like it speaks to some of the hysteria we're seeing from people politically today. So, yeah, I could see, you know, you were talking about the Scarlet Letter Mm -hmm. being remade. This one feels really ripe. Yeah, I'd agree. A remake. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so all the films we mentioned so far are pretty angsty. This next one will be a bit lighter, I think. Um, It's from 2004, a TV series called Colonial House. Now, I am a huge fan of this whole series. We love that series. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a reality show where the 25 contestants, which are a combination of adults and children, they attempt to live for five months as if it's the year 1628 in New England. You can still find it on Apple TV and Amazon Prime Video. And I think if you have Paramount Plus, it's there too. Um, 
I always think I would want to go on one of these shows and yes. get to really live. And you have like a historian talking you through it to like teach you how everything worked. And I think that would be so fun. But it really looked pretty hellish because this is not a fun era to live in. It's not comfortable at no. all. Grueling is how I would describe that lifestyle. But it's really fun to watch, though. Yeah. Okay. So I want to suggest a novel that should make this list. It hasn't been adapted for film or TV yet, but maybe it should be. The Refugees, A Tale of Two Continents. And I actually have a beautiful old hardback of this. It's gorgeous. Arthur Conan Doyle wrote it. It spans two continents and it tells the story of a French Huguenot family's flight to the New World from the court of Louis XIV. Once they arrive, they must travel through hundreds of miles of untamed wilderness, evading Native Americans as they flee a malevolent Jesuit priest. It's really good. I swear. That does sound good. And it's Arthur Conan Doyle. I yes. always just think of him as Sherlock Holmes he and wrote nothing this other else. Thing. I know. I found it at a used bookstore. I'd never even heard of it. That happens sometimes. And I just loved it. Um, and I feel like it could be a really great miniseries. So. The Refugees. Okay. Yeah. They, we want to change the name. Maybe it's a tale of two continents. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last one I'm going to throw in is a more recent ish movie. I mean, it's not too recent, but The Village, M. Night Shyamalan, however you say his last name. I know some people hated it, but I liked it. Bryce Dallas Howard is really good in it. Did you ever see it, Kim? I did. Um, I I don't remember. Isn't River, or not River, isn't Joaquin Phoenix in it? I think, yeah, I think it has some good talent. Yeah, So I enjoyed watching it. It's a bit scary. So if you're looking for those kind of vibes, this Thanksgiving night, Maybe that's an option. Yeah. If you want to have nightmares with your turkey. <laughs> your tryptophan your, nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? All the talk that we did about um, The Last of the Mohicans actually makes me think of a Colin Farrell movie that might work, The New World. Doesn't that also have the same Last of the Mohican kind of vibe? Yeah. 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 It's like the first explorers on the continent. Yeah. That was one of those movies that was so hyped at the time. Yeah. And then it kind of fizzled a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It, it was when out. Colin Farrell was like big the star. All right. So that's good. I mean, I think that's hard to come up with books in that vein. Listeners, if anybody else has other kind of colonial era novels yeah. that you want to suggest, give us a shout out. Rosemary, I know you must know something. Yes, and Rosemary. Wendy Marie, yeah. you probably know something. Yeah, so, let us um, know. Yeah, and other than that, we'll conclude this episode and see you back next week. So thank you, everyone. Our theme song was written and performed by Jenny Malone, and our logo was designed by Harriet Grant. Lost Ladies of Lit is produced by Amy Helms and Kim Askew. 